It's something that implies and infers and points at, but it can't make self. You do that. You take it the next step. That's why the solution is right where you are. Nothing is imposing the bondage of self on us. There's no big bad self that's imposing his bondage on us. Like, you ever see that Bill Hicks, a great comedian, when he used to do Satan? I'm imposing my will on you. You know, it's not happening. All I can do is point and point and infer and infer and imply, and then you and I do the rest. We jump into the fire. The mind does. It just assumes like, so, oh, so now, so then someone gets a little bit of knowledge about what I call selfing, and so now it starts seeing selfing, where before it wasn't seeing it, yeah? It was looking from it, now it's sort of seeing it. But it's still trapped in the bondage of self, because it says, people call me up and go, I've been selfing all day. So they immediately, when they see the selfing, they take themselves to be the doer of it. That's the bondage of self. That's the product of the selfing. Or they take themselves to be the object of the selfing. The selfing's driving me crazy. That's also the product of the selfing. Yeah? The selfing, all of that is just the pointing. When you say, I'm the one who's doing it, or it's being done to me, you are now living the product. Yeah? The leap has been made. You are now taking yourself to be in that position that that stuff was just pointing at. That it was being done to you or you were doing it. So, all right, so now someone hears that. And so there's this line of, there's a line of selfing. And selfing is finite. It cannot go on infinitely. It's based on time. It's a process, yeah? It has many, many gaps. Many, many, many gaps. It can't, it doesn't have a huge endurance. It huffs and puffs, but it has to breathe a lot. And so here's the selfing. And then as the selfing's going on, and let's say you have a somewhat a good immunity to it. So you're seeing it, seeing it, seeing it, yet there doesn't have any effect. The seeing doesn't produce the effect. The seeing doesn't produce the effect. The believing it produces the effect. So there you are, seeing, seeing the selfie, and then there's suddenly it hooks. Oh, yeah. Then there's, there's a, something bounces up, like a little pop-up, yeah? That's you. That's the sense of being you. Now you're the noun, and now selfing's looked at as I'm either doing it or it's being or it's fucking with me. That's the that's the bondage, not the verbing. The verbing in, in, is the pointer, yeah. But the bondage is when there's a someone that's it being done to or is doing it. That's when the bondage occurs, yeah. So okay, so now someone says, you know, you're not that. You're not that which thinks it's doing the selfing. Or you're not that which the selfing is being done to. Wow, and you get it, yeah? So now the pop-up doesn't go up, and now you see more selfing, and nothing comes up. Yeah? Okay, now so let's say suddenly it catches, it hits you, and all thing, but you're still never going to be loved or something. Boom! And then there's the pop-up, and now you're the someone that's never going to be loved. Yeah? So now you've seen a large segment of selfing, but now here's the noun again. That's the bondage of self then all of this stuff becomes a chain that tightens around you. Yeah? At a point, it's just like, a, it's a, like an unlocked necklace. It's just there, just strings of thoughts and ideas. But as soon as there's the you, then it gets wrapped around you. Then you're fucking wearing it. Then it gets tighter and tighter. Then you want relief from that. And therefore, you now try to get out of self as self. And that's another form of bondage. Yeah? 
says it in recovery. Self can't get out of self. So as soon as that, as soon as that necklace of just thoughts, just a string of linear thoughts being threaded by the conditional mind into a sort of necklace, as soon as it goes on you, it becomes like a chain, and now you're the one that's bonded. What does someone who's bonded want? Relief, yes? Now you start seeking to get out of what? The bondage of self. But now you're doubly whacked because you're going to try to get out of self as self. Which only does what? It just tightens the chains. Yeah? And it's even worse when you get a little relief and then you think, oh, it could be different, and yet it isn't. It gets worse. And so now you're, now you're seeking like a madman or madwoman to get out of what you cannot possibly be in. That's why they don't work. That's why it's not, it's not because you're not a good enough practitioner. You can't get out of something you cannot possibly be in. You can't escape an imaginary place. I don't care how great a fucking escape artist you are, you can't escape from an imaginary box. Yeah? That's what's happening. It's all seemingly so. Like a lot of people, I go to meetings and they say the statement in AA, which is from one of the forwards, and it says, where if they say we've recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body, that's not what it says. It says it has a word in front of hopeless state of mind and body. It says a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Changes the whole statement. There, there they are. Yes, you know, I recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body. Hey, guess what? That makes you incredibly spectacular because you can't recover from a hopeless state of mind and body. If it's truly hopeless, there's no recovery. Yeah, that's the definition of hopeless. <laughs> so my hat's off to you. And what happens is now they're even more special. <laughs> they're even more unique because they're one of the few chosen ones that have recovered from a hopeless state of mind and body where it says seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Seemingly means it appears true or false to you. So you play a huge role in your own bondage, yes? The chains have to seem to be changed for you to feel like you're bonded. So we're questioning the seemingly. If everything is just seemingly so, then there's a huge room for change. Yeah? Now, I don't want to change things out here without changing this, because this is given everything out there the meaning it has. So if I change the meaning of that thing, it's just going to morph into another meaning, a similar meaning. But if I change this meaning giver, then everything changes. Yeah? Where is all the meaning being uh, let's say, funneled into. Well, it's being funneled into like this picture in a way. If this picture was was a, uh, an indicator of a huge, huge possibility, and then it got funneled into this frame, and all we get to see is this, but basically there's an infinite amount <coughs> behind there. But all we see is this little frame, and so this becomes what we think everything is. But if this frame was removed, that picture, instead of being a picture of a church in a neighborhood, it would expand into a city. It would expand into the coast of California. It would expand and expand and expand and expand to the whole world. Yes? We're seeing it so small because self-centeredness is framing the mind. The mind is coming out into expression here, and all of its expressions are being defined by this frame of self-centeredness. So it entertains the possibility of being okay in time. I was okay once, and I hope I will be. But you're very rarely entertaining you're totally okay now. Yeah? 
I can't wait. I know, you know, you see people. I, you know, oh, they, I say, how are you doing? I'm not doing well, but I will be okay. Oh, well, how about now? No, no, I've got to go through. I will be later, okay? Don't, don't fuck with my unokayness now. I will be. That's the only way I can, I can imagine it. I can't imagine it being okay now. Why? Because it would blow up my whole fucking story. Frame is called self-centeredness. Everyone has it. Addicts and, and alcoholics just are an extreme subdivision of self-centeredness. But everyone here is saddled with this way of looking. And it is a form of looking called self-centeredness. In other words, we look at things as how they pertain to us as a thing. That's how we look. It's the programming. That is not seen. It's, it's writing on seeing, but it's not seen. It's a form of looking. And the more you use that form of looking to try to find what's seen, you'll, you'll be blind to the seeing. You can't pick up the seeing through looking. You just question the looking. If the looking isn't so, that's seeing. Yeah? And then what you would call looking, now you realize it's just seeing. Yeah? It's got a story going over it, but there's a difference. Yeah? There's a time lag. The seeing is always first, and then there's the form of looking, interpreting what you saw from the point of view that I'm the seer and you're the seeing. Yeah? But before that, and there is a before it, there is the conscious contact. There's the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, smelling. That conscious contact is the pulse of life. Then there's the mental interpretation, which is the form of looking called self-centeredness. So the looking is just a bastardized version of seeing. It's turned into symbols and concepts and right angles and this and that. But the seeing is still there. It may be adorned with a lot of bullshit, but it can't be infected by the bullshit. It's available. It's raw seeing. And it's available at every moment right now, no matter where you are, no matter what condition you think you're in, the seeing is the underlying context. It's the, it's the substratum of every moment of every day. What's blinding me to that? Why is it that I'm not aware of that? Because I'm hyper-aware through this small frame called self-centeredness. Yeah. I'm calling seeing, looking, and I'll never fucking find it that way. I'll be looking in every esoteric path, I'll be looking this way and that way, and all the while I'm studying all these methods of how to get back to seeing, what seeing is that? <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing it while I'm reading about it. <laughs> I can't be even close I'm, I'm, I'm studying a, a treasure map and I'm sitting right on the treasure <laughs> it's like, it's that insane it truly is it's really, it's fucking hilarious in a lot of ways you're sitting on the gold of the, mo the mother load of all mother loads looking for a new map to get to a mother load <laughs> but I thought it would feel different <laughs> exactly that's how it gets to be disguised, not by itself, by your interpretation of it. It's not salvation. It comes with costs here. You're going to be incessantly on. A lot of people can't handle that. You're going to feel a lot of light happening. A lot of people don't want to feel that. They don't. They want to stay obliviated. They want to stay unconscious quite a lot. Yeah?
And they also have that giant urge that they want to be there to get it. Yeah? <laughs> That's the dilemma. You're not going to be there to experience your own absence. <laughs> you just you cannot buy a ticket to that show. It's impossible. You can't scalp it. You can't, it doesn't matter who you know or what God you pray to or what Savior you've had. It ain't happening. <laughs> the only thing that lets us muddle through each day is our own absence. We get enough of them during the day, it makes it somewhat okay. Can you imagine if you were pressed all day by I, me, mine? There's tons of moments where you're free from it. You see a butterfly fly by, something grabs your attention other than that black hole of selfing, and then you're free. But the thing is, do you remember it? No, because the mind is busily remembering the self, the idea of being a self. Yeah? And it doesn't want to include miracles unless it can somehow write itself into the story of the miracle. And the greatest, greatest miracle of all is the revelation of your inherent absence. Yeah? That there isn't a long-lasting, independent, separate entity there. There's just mind. Mind and mind alone. Yeah? And it's great. You're going to have tons of stories. But to be had by a story isn't, isn't cool. Eh? But you're going to have tons of stories here. Mike, writer, traveler, this and that. Someone who can't peace 80 times a day, whatever it may be. All those stories hopefully will come and go. But to be had by a story, yeah, and to be the one who has all the other stories is fucking crazy. That's a bondage of self. Yeah? The bondage of self is an incredible, it's a very interlacing net. Yeah? But when you find the one thread that runs through the whole net, if you question that one thread, the whole net collapses. Yeah? And that's the identification as self. If you see it as a verb, and that there's no noun to be found, no noun whatsoever to be found, that there's just the seeing of that, yeah? There'll be a freedom from all the slings and arrows. Slings and arrows can only land on a thing, can't they? You've got to be a target for those things to hit. Yeah? To be a noun, everything from that noun point of view is given direction. That's called self-centeredness. Yeah? Now everything is seen as it's pertaining or happening to you. That's the bondage of self. It's an activity of mind. It didn't happen one day. You're not incarcerated. It's an activity of mind. And at the same time that activity is going on, there's what's always been there. That's the solution. Yeah? What's prior to something that starts and stops? What is that which is seeing all of this? That's the solution to what's being seen. Yeah? I have faith in mind. I know your mind has the ability to entertain it. Look at what it's, look at the hells it's entertained out of nothing. How many, how many terrible days have you produced in your life that had nothing terrible going on in them? <laughs> I mean, that's like miracle working. Yeah? Seriously. Can you, when you can make an exquisite amount of suffering out of nothing, that's fucking a miracle. Can you imagine? We're just trying to take the obsessive little fucking sorceress thrown away, yeah, I mean mine, and, and leave it empty and see what happens. Maybe you'll travel so much lighter. Yeah? 
And I found it's worked for like a long time now. That's why I got, you know, and that's the thing. I'm truly like pragmatic, you know. <laughs> I'm, like people in recovery, they, they talk about the leap of faith, and I go, what leap of faith? You go to recovery, you see it works. People who you maybe got loaded with, they look a whole lot better, their eyes are shining. Where's the leap of faith? The leap of faith is back into selfing. The fucking thing is all advertising, never produces the goods, yet you keep relying on it constantly. That's the leap of faith. <laughs> recovery is in any leap of faith. You see it works. It produces the goods. Oh, I don't know. I've got to be shown a miracle. <laughs> Yeah, this thing is like a crazy weatherman project, projecting storms and you keep buying raincoats. You keep believing it every fucking day. Jesus Christ. You know, that's the leap of faith. Faith, everyone has faith. It's just what vehicles put in. If you put it into a failed thought system, you're going to go show the effects of what a failed system of thought can do with a, with a mind expressing through it. What a failed thought system, if relied on, can do with a powerful mind expressing through it. Look at your own life. That's what it can do. It can be preoccupied by what's not happening when there's actually something happening. Yeah? It can be preoccupied by there and then when actually there is something now going on. It can be totally dismissive of what's going on and totally devoted to what's not happening. And then it produces all of its effects, and then we whine and cry about, oh, how can I get out of it? How can I get out of it? Yeah. And we buy tons of maps and programs and processes, and but most people never read a whole self-help book through and through. They stop at chapter three, chapter two, and then they go buy another one <laughs> by the same author. <laughs> It's okay not to want to be free. It'd be better to admit it than to keep trying like you, oh, I really want to be free. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> Just accept the fact it's not you. I mean, you might as well be relaxed. That's what I sometimes used to say when people come here. I say, listen, most of you aren't going to make buy a ticket to India and go on a three-month trip to the Himalayas, Yeah. And probably maybe you're here just to get permission not to do what you don't want to do anyway. So there you go. I can be your false authority. You don't have to fucking do anything. You know, take the pressure off. Don't be guilty about not meditating. If you don't want to meditate, don't meditate. Yeah, be accountable, and you'll see your the interest in all of its importance because it always has to have tension and conflict. I should be better. I should do that. If you just accept, you'll see it. It's a paper mache fucking made up little cartoonish type caricature. That's all it is. We give it late. We give it life. A uh, life with dislike, like become, unbecome. That's all that selfing's doing all day. It's trying to become what it. Th- trying to become what it wants to be, and it's trying to unbecome what it thinks it is. But it's neither of them. Yeah, It's not what it thinks it is. You're not a loser. You're not this. You're not someone that can't be loved. You're, this is all fucking baloney. And you being a spiritual giant isn't going to change everything dramatically either. Yeah? So the whole selfing is like a slinky. It wants to become something that it isn't, and then it wants to unbecome something that it is. And it just keeps motivating itself all day. So it's a giant force of agitation. That's what selfing is. 
It's just agitating. And it cannot finally fulfill its desire to be a self. It can't make it happen. Because you're something other than that. You're not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. You're not a body. And you're not a mental idea. Yeah? So no matter how much it huffs and puffs, and have you ever had a thwarted desire? How, would you, how was it when you had a desire? How was it when you were in a day and everything was sort of cool, and then you saw, let's say, a babe and you wanted her, and then suddenly everything got tunnel visioned? Yeah? You forgot about the surfing, you forgot about this, and you that's what I need. That's the object of my contentment, right there. Yes? Tunnel vision. This is what self-centeredness is all day. It's an unfulfilled desire that keeps on fucking running. And what does it do? It promotes desiring relief from that unfulfilled desire, and so more desires are spawned for things to save us from this desire. Yeah? That's all it is. It's this addiction lends itself to the next addiction, that addiction lends itself to the next addiction, and so on and so forth. And there's no fulfillment. There's no, you know, gold uh, thing at the end of the rainbow. It just goes on and on and on. That's what selfing is. It's run and it's driven by an unfilled desire. What would happen when you were on, when I was on coke and I couldn't get a shot? That was a nasty fucking couple of days. Yeah. I couldn't enjoy anything else. Nothing. It totally took all my ability to, ent- to read a book or ent- see a movie. I was dry like a piece of papyrus. The only thing I had to go back to was that fucking thing, cocaine. This, that's not even the same league as selfing. Selfing is so beyond cocaine and, and alcoholism and like that. It is the addiction of all addictions. The conditional mind is, an addi- is addicted to the idea of being a self. And it's never going to be fulfilled. Just like the cocaine addict's never fucking fulfilled. Five minutes, three minutes, two minutes. What that's like, yeah? Same thing. This thing is a, it's like an engine that's running on its own fuel. All the while, it's, the solution to that dilemma is available. At every moment, that dilemma seems to be real. What's real is available. And when you drop into what's real, the solution is, that's not real, what you've been seeing. Yeah? And when you see that it's not real, then there's no need for a solution. And that's the real solution. You are fucking free. It's not a conditional freedom. You're not freed from the bondage of self. You've seen that there is no self. That there is no bondage to it. Yeah? So the solution even goes out with the garbage. Yeah? Now it's super important when the problem seems real, but when the solution dawns on us, the first thing it acknowledges to you is that the problem's not real. (laughs) That's what you get. As soon as you get that, why is there a need for a solution? There's no need for a solution. That's the solution. So right where you are, just as you're taking yourself to be because you're not that, just as your mind's taking yourself to be right now because you're not that, that's the solution. What better solution than not to have a solution? What better solution than not to need a solution? You couldn't have a better solution than that. takes absolutely no time. (laughs) You don't have to get rid of a problem. (laughs) <laughs> because there isn't one. 
Therefore, you don't need a solution to get rid of the problem. <laughs> you don't believe the mind can leap to that? I tell you, it can. It just needs an invitation. It needs a possibility. Look at what it does to entertain. Let's say someone said something to you. I always share this when I was 11. I was walking through the hallway at school. And a pretty girl said hello to me. And I went home and wondered what she meant by it for five hours. That's called entertaining. My mind was entertaining. What did that mean? And all I could see is how it pertained to me. I swear to God, it was unfucking believable. It was so painful. You know what I mean? Does she like me? You don't think the mind can entertain? You just have to give it something different to entertain. Yeah? Like the possibility, hey, you're not that. You know what I mean? The possibility that... Just like the open sky, no matter what happens in it, it never leaves an effect on the sky. It can only appear in the sky. It has no effect on the sky. The same thing. All this activity of mind and emotional activity and energetic activity cannot leave a deep impression on mind. Mind is unsullied. That's the solution. So in a sense, from mind's point of view, nothing other than itself is real. Yeah? Because they have no effect. The only effect they can have is by the mind believing them to have the ability to affect. Yes? That's why the Course says it. You and I are dreaming this dream. We forgot we're dreaming it, and we've given everything we dreamt the power to affect us. You and I are dreaming this dream right now. You and I is mine, not you and I, meaning Bill and Paul, but you and I, meaning mine. So, mine is dreaming this dream. It's forgot that it's dreaming. It's taken itself to be a dreamt object. Yeah? It's fallen under this. It's, it thinks that the size of the mind is what is defined by the frame of self-centeredness. It's taking itself to be a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, a body. <laughs> so in this position, it now is dreaming this dream. It's still dreaming this dream. It doesn't change the fact that it's dreaming this dream. But now, here's, here's the mind dreaming this dream, and then it moves through into self-centeredness, and then the frame of self-centeredness with this glass now becomes a picture of you, and now you're the dreamt object. And in this position, what the mind is dreaming has the power to affect you as the dreamt object. We're questioning, instead of looking at everything and have everything bouncing back to this thing, this glass, let it go through. Maybe I'm not that. And when it goes into mind, you'll see you're the source of it all. You'll see that you're dreaming this place. Yeah. And what will happen is, what you're dreaming will lose the ability to affect you. You'll do what? Travel lighter. It doesn't mean it's going to lose all the ability, but you'll travel a whole lot lighter on a fucking uh, stabilized, consistent level. Yeah? What more do you want? You're destined to travel here. We're action figures. We're appearing through an action figure. You're going to travel. You've got time, and you've got things you're going to run into in this huge space. Yeah? So you're going to be traveling. Ever since you came out of the womb, you've been traveling. So what, what would be the greatest gift if you're destined to travel? To travel lighter, yeah? This is what it affords us, is the ability to travel later, to be freed from that bondage of self. Yeah. To recognize that there is no self to be bonded to, that it's an act of being identified as a self, which is the activity of bondage. It's an activity. 
And you need to be in cahoots with it for it to produce the effect of bondage. Yeah? The activity will continue, but it needs you. Don't you, isn't it, don't sometimes you're in a situation when the mind's telling you how bad it's going, but you're still sort of freed from it. And then there's this one that gets you. Oh, yeah. I'm never going to do well again. Whatever. <laughs> Immediately, all that stuff you dreamt is now has the ability to affect you, doesn't it? Like that. You don't see it? When you hear a principle, see how it applies in your life. And then when you see how verified it is in your experience, you may go back and entertain where that principle came from. And then when your life is dictated by principles, not by consequences, then you'll see your, um, your life will change, or the life that you seem to have will change. Yeah? Of course, there's tons of principles. They're talking about all of them. Projection, not perception. Yeah, very clear, very simple. The mind's projecting, and then you're perceiving as if it's so through this this apparatus. Yeah, this apparatus is built to perceive. Mind is projecting. Mind is giving meaning to things. This 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 thing finds the meaning the mind gave. <laughs> that's all it does, and it thinks that's a real solid meaning. That's the delusion of this situation. But it always says projection precedes per- perception. That's the principle. Hear it. You go, wow, wait a minute. Entertain it. What does that fucking mean? Well, it goes right back into you and I are dreaming in this place and we're giving everything all the power to affect us because we're perceiving it <laughs> instead of realizing it's a projection. Here you go. Yeah. So here, let's say you're in trouble. Your house is on fire. You need a pail of water. Yeah? Put out the fire. But when the fire's out, why not study what's causing a lot of fires? Yeah. If you change the petri dish, where if, let's say they say fear, you know, the hundred forms of fear. So let's say fear. What's the petri dish that fear and anxiety is produced in? Okay. In recovery, they say it's self-reliance. That's what it says. It says on page sixty something. It says, "Why are you in so much fear today?" Very good question. And everyone would have their story why you're in fear, why I'm in fear today, why Craig's in fear today, why Joey's in fear today. We all have our story. But he cuts right to the nub and goes, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? There you go. What more do you want? Entertain that, all right? If you're going to swear by this big book, why not look at the principles and entertain the ones that are talked about in the book? Yeah? All right. So self-reliance failed me. Okay. So I seem to be relying on something that's not reliable. That would explain a lot, wouldn't it? Why <laughs> I'm watching movies I hate for the fifth time because I'm afraid shit what to do. <laughs> you know, why I keep going out with the same person, <laughs> whatever. Why I stay in terrible relationships. It would explain quite a lot, yeah? Because I'm afraid if I leave this, I'll never meet another one, whatever. Yeah? So what would happen is if while you have the tools to put out a fire when they show up, you start questioning the petri dish that they're all growing in and maybe change the pH balance of the petri dish. Instead of the acidic pH of I, me, my, put in some, I'm not that, yeah? Then see what happens. Then when you see your faith is now put into something that's reliable, what that will produce in your life. Because it is your faith that's producing the fear. Yeah? How can anxiety have an effect on you when it's mostly about what's not happening? There must be a great amount of faith in 
the thoughts about what's not happening for what's not happening to be ability to have effect on you, don't you think? That isn't that faith. So what would happen if you took, took that faith and allowed it to be moved from that dead system or failed system and put into a, a, a reliable system? It would be like moving this plant from a small pot with no soil and no light and water and then, you know, if this plant was self-centered and it wasn't blooming, it would be gone, blaming itself, you know, not a good rose bush or whatever, you know, some insane fucking mental obsession. But if you just put it in a big pot with some good soil and some water and some light, it would bloom like crazy. That's exactly what mind's like. Yeah. You take the mind out of relying on this very small frame of self-centeredness, and some of us with infected with alcoholism, if you allow it to be moved, or just entertain the possibility this isn't even so, then see what happens. You'll find out. Yeah? You'll have a different form of knowledge. Instead of trying to know, you'll find out. Your, your drive to know will be suspended. You'll be an I don't know, and you'll be put in a position of finding out, which causes you to stay quite alert. <laughs> because you don't know what's going on. Yeah, you know right? And so you find out. And when you find out something, it's much more convincing than thinking you know it. I found it anyway. It works. And you'll constantly be in that position. There will be never a point where you finally know. Yeah? Because what you find out about is unknowable. Yeah? <laughs> That's the beauty of it. It never extinguishes. It never runs out. It's unknowable. You can't decipher it. All you can do is get a great intimation of whatever that may be through its downloads, through its effects, yeah? through its moving through. So instead of being self-centered, you get centered. It's a huge difference. Same mind, just put in a different vehicle. Yeah? And then you see what qualities will start bouncing up. Just like when I was shooting drugs and everything, I was a rat, man. I was a parasite. I was ravenous. I'd do anything to anyone unless you could physically stop me to get what I needed, what I wanted. I mean, really, insane. Totally fucking... Stop raving crazy to get high. That same mind now has been resting in some other system, and now it's chilled out quite a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, you know, <laughs> I have no desire, and I never think about getting loaded or high or drinking. It makes absolutely not even not, not, not even a thought enters the system anymore. <laughs> yeah, how could that have possibly happened? How could I have been that and now be this? I'm neither. It was just what the mind was resting in. Yeah? My mind was resting in addiction and it went fucking full bore. Now it's resting in something reliable and it's showing those expressions. Yeah? That's what we are. We're just, a, we're just an expression here. So. Yeah. So if you do the seven lessons, take you know, do those seven first lessons. See it. See that it all comes from seeing I only see the past. And what causes you only to see the past is the remembrance of self. Because the self is remembered, which is past. Yeah. And therefore you're seeing nothing, which is true. And that gives then see if in what's not happening, anything can happen. You know that, yeah? You can have cancer next week. You can be totally fucked. Maybe my girlfriend's sleeping with someone else right now. Who knows? I have no idea. 
All this thing, all these possibilities could be entertained and what's not happening. But if you just find yourself where you can only be here in manifestation, which is right here, this place has a quality what's not happening doesn't have, and it's happening. That's all. One little quality that changes everything. But this one quality can override all those other qualities of what's not happening. Just by being present. Yeah? Not mentally present, because that's not present. Yeah, mentally is different than mind. Yeah? Mental is there and then. You cannot be in a mental... A mental here is past and future. Because there's no here. Yeah? But mindful here is different. And I'm not saying... Any, I'm not giving anyone any practices because you're already here. <laughs> you know what I mean? The only thing we could do is use a practice that think that we're not. <laughs> so I don't want to give anything to anybody. I want us to just entertain. Let's get back to the basics. Are we here? Yes. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what comes before all the thinking? The seeing of the thoughts. Yeah. How would the thought break upon your consciousness unless it was seen? So the seeing must precede every thought. Yeah. Can you get behind the scene? Can you appear behind the scene? Or every thought of you is always seen. Yeah. Can you get behind the camera, or is your role as this always in front of the camera? Yet, what's looking through the camera? Yeah. For me, it just tickles the mind, and that's all you need. The mind can do the rest. Yeah. The mind just, it's like, a, it's like an invalid, like Jesus used to supposedly heal people. So he would direct it probably at the mind, and that person that was laid on that gurney for 30 years would believe suddenly and get right up. He didn't have to practice getting up for four months and then get back to Jesus. Oh, I'm doing better, Jesus. He was healed instantaneously. They all were. Eh? You ever read the Bible? The New Testament? They wasn't like, oh, yes, and he stayed in bed for eight more months, but suddenly his first pinky finger moved, and he called Jesus. Hey, Jesus, like my pinky moved. Thank you. No, it was like, no, he got up, picked up his, whatever, the stretcher and split. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it wasn't like a long, drawn-out process. He just was, had been entertaining something. Jesus was, a, a, was probably holding enough certainty to override that entertaining and then drop in another possibility. Hey, bro, you're healed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it sounds crazy, but why not? Time, mind is not of time. Time is of mind, yeah? Mind is not of time. Mind made time. Time didn't make mind, yeah? So mind can override time. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Jesus said, oh, oh my, my son, I'll give you a five-year plan. Work out, I'll bring the therapist in, get you some crutches, you know. I got a good HMO, we'll send you to. No, it's like, boom, boom, bye, you're healed. And then the guy goes, hey, I got him. No, it's done according to your belief, bro. He didn't put anything on him. He says, it's you, your mind, the mind. You entertain the possibility, and there it was. Just like that guy who's the beggar in front of the, the uh, gate at the town, the village, and he's been begging there for 30 years, and... Uh, Doing some days he does do, some days he does bad. And then one guy walks by and he says, Hey, can I have some money? And the guy goes, Look in your own pocket. He says, and the guy goes, What do you mean? He says, Look in your own pocket. You're a rich man. And the guy's 
the fucking guy, what do you mean? I've been sitting here for 30 years, I'm a pauper, I live in this box, or, you know, I'm down the alley. And so uh, the guy walks away and he doesn't look in his pocket, but then he goes back to his place and he looks in his pocket and there was a big fucking diamond and he'd been sitting there those 30 years without knowing the diamond was right in his own pocket. One guy just gave him the possibility, he put his hand in there and then they got it. Yeah, why not? And if someone's sitting in the room with some certainty about it, it's strong. It gets a strong possibility. Yeah? That's the whole point of having these meetings. Because we sit and either one of our minds, there's no different minds, but the mind in one of us or a few of us some nights will have a certain strong certainty that will be contagious to the minds that seem to be sleeping in the sense of being different and unique. And the mind will have an aha, and something will open up, and there'll be no stopping it. Yeah? It's like Ramana said, it's like the, your head is in the tiger's mouth, it's too late. <laughs> you can't pull it out now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Too much has been revealed. This whole place is to keep us small, don't you think? The victimhood, the powerlessness, all of this, it's a form of slavery and servitude. Yeah? To feel like we're oppressed constantly with no way out, just to sort of make the best of it and stuff like that. And that may be the case in physical situations and in life circumstances, but not in mind. You know? You've seen it demonstrated. Some of these monks in Tibet that were imprisoned by the Chinese were as bright as clear as they ever were, and they've been in prison for 30 years in terrible conditions. Yet their mind was outshining the circumstances and situations. Because mind outshines circumstances and situations. It has that ability. Yeah. But we have to be a participant in it. If we keep waiting for someone to turn on the light, and if, it's a, if, if the light is of our own making, then it's not going to serve us. Yeah? Someone can invite you to recognize the lights there and maybe put out a message. But no one's going to turn the light on because the light's on. Yeah? There's just an acknowledgement of it. And if you keep falling asleep about it, then we have meetings to keep the acknowledgement fresh. We have them twice a week so that you don't forget us easily. Yeah? And if you make a little bit of time and come here on Wednesday nights, you'll probably walk out with a certain sense of something that you may have not walked in with. You had it, but you weren't paying attention to it as much. And this is what we do together. Yeah? Try to be reminders so that we can travel lighter, man. I don't want to know you that personally a lot of times, but I'd really like to see you travel lighter. I would. I'd like to see everyone travel lighter. Yeah? It's like those people say, you know, it would be better to give someone some food or to teach them how to farm in the long run. Probably teach them how to farm, you know, so they could produce their own food. This is sort of like that, in a way, you know? See that you're the light upon your own self. You're, the, you're that light. You're what you're seeking. Yeah? And let it be found. Find out. You know, that's true. See what happens. I think it's, in, with, you know, that word's used a lot in New Age, but empowering. It's quite empowering. So you're not, you're not like a beggar for a lot of things anymore. Yeah? You're not looking for love in all the wrong places, in a sense, because you're the source of it, really. 
You're not, like it says in AA, you're not looking at what you can take out of everything, but what you can contribute. It's just a natural, it's just the way it's, it, it, it flips, you know. When there's a sense of satisfaction, the desires calm down, and the mind gets unagitated. Yeah? And you see you're not that, and you lose interest in the activity of that slinky. You stop following it from this and that, and this and that, and this and that. And your mind gets put off and starts gazing and starts sensing the senses of presence, really, like a spiritual force, something that that uh, has a huge influence. You can sense it, you can feel it. It's almost tactile. So, yeah. Any questions tonight? Is our inaugural men's meeting that next week? Wednesday night stay. <laughs>